0: The podcast episode you're about to hear was recorded and produced before the events that took place at Topps grocery store in Buffalo, New York, at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, on Interstate 64 in my hometown of Charlottesville, Virginia, and with the family leaders I've interacted with and supported in the course of the last several weeks, who have all been devastated by major losses of all kinds, It felt important to explicitly acknowledge and underscore as a precursor to this episode about keeping suppleness in the mind, the body, and the spirit, that sometimes you're holding a commitment to this when you're feeling as if your entire world has been turned upside down or as if the entire world has gone mad. There are layers to this. So how do you keep a sense of suppleness while also experiencing and navigating brokenness, upheaval, profound grief, confusion, disappointment, anger, rage, anxiety, and fatigue? One part of it is to bring a steady and loving yes, to acknowledge that you see yourself, that you feel what you are feeling. Scared, yes. Angry. Yes, rage, yes, so sad that my whole body aches, yes, unable to sleep, yes, don't want to eat, yes, want to burn some shit down, yes, hard to focus, yes, brokenhearted, yes, without words, yes, feel like the world is crumbling down around me, yes, feeling lost, yes, frustrated, yes, so confused. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. I see you there, you say, to what is a part of your experience. You are part of the life of this moment, you might say. This practice is inspired by guidance from one of my favorite teachers, Tara Brock. And in doing this, you are bringing to yourself and to others, if you are applying this practice using the overflow effect that we talk about in Deliberate Love School, the blessing of being witnessed with unconditional and unapologetic love, which nourishes, empowers, and liberates. This helps to bring even a small measure of suppleness into the life of the moment which in a profound way helps you to be in and move through even the most agonizing, most painful, the most miserable parts of it with power, presence, and wisdom. You'll hear me discussing possible ways to keep supple in the upcoming episode. I want to add as an episode note that if acute grief is part of your immediate experience and joy seems entirely too far away to think about, let alone reach right now, it may even seem offensive to you in this moment to think about something like finding joy. I want to offer that even the subtlest mindful movements of the spine or a hand or a shoulder can bring in some support for your heart your mind, and your spirit. So the message remains. Stay supple, my dear friends. Consciously decide to resist the grind. Take good, good care of you, which may mean a slower pace and letting a few things fall away for now. Maybe not forever. Give yourself permission to let that be okay. If and when you have bandwidth, check in on people you haven't heard from in a while. Send love. Be love. It is my strong contention that though we see and feel things that at times make it seem otherwise, love is all around us. Now for the previously recorded and next scheduled episode of Empowered People Each Day. You're listening to Empowered People Each Day, the podcast, where we talk about what you can do moment by moment, breath by breath, and decision by decision, especially when life gets tough, to relate better to yourself and to others in your life each day. I'm your host, Yolanda Coles-Jones, aka the Calm and Thrive Coach. Peace, power, and love. great day loved ones it's been a while since i've come to you it's a perfect perfect illustration for what it is to be an empowered person each day moment by moment and how that impacts perhaps the way that your life unfolds the ripples out But at the core, which is much of what the messaging is around what I'm sharing with you in this podcast and what I share with the world and the work that I do inside Empowered People Deliberate Love School, is that at the core, you stay supple. And in order to keep that suppleness about ourselves... Sometimes it's needful to take all degree, all manners, all different levels of pausing and putting things to the side just a bit until you can recover, until you can regain or so that you do not lose your sense of suppleness. And sometimes we need to refresh our practices. Sometimes we need to make space. Sometimes we need to make a room. And this could look like it's happening in just a few breaths, Or it could look like it's happening across a few weeks or months. And some things may need to be put on hold for a time while that's happening. But the goal being that you stay supple at the core, that you keep in contact with your core being and that that part of you radiates out into your body and into your most immediate realm, your family life, your home life, your community life, and then life beyond that as well. And so sometimes it's felt on the outside. Sometimes it's felt in the result. For instance, you have missed some podcast episodes from me. And that has been as a result of me doing the work that I teach you about. Me doing the things that make for sometimes this rub up against this capitalistic society that teaches us to go, 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 go all the time and imposes this degree of expectation that things should always be moving always be grinding and so even myself you know sometimes I I also rub up against that and in the ways that that I face it the ways that I work with it in order for me to do so I have to keep supple and so that's what this episode is about it's really just talking to you about what it means to keep supple and how needful it is to have that be true so that you do less breaking less breaking down and if you're going to break you know it's something like it's more like a breakthrough than it is a Um, a sense of the breaking. If you think of something brittle that just hits up against or rubs up against something, it's easy to lose its parts. It's easy to come undone. It's easy to sort of crumble into countless little pieces. And sometimes the breaking is part of it, but not always. Often we can avoid that sense of moving through life, feeling like we're at the mercy of everything. And it's a bone on bone sort of friction We're coming up against our own emotions. We're coming up against the emotions of others or difficult circumstances in our home life and our work life and our family life and our community life. And we're coming up against that with a sense of brittleness. And we feel that in a different way than you would feel it if you had a sense of suppleness. And, you know, I want to talk to you about what that suppleness looks like on a soul level, what it looks like in the body, in the mind, in the spirit, and also in the, you know, the movements and the posture through your day to day life. So I hope you'll stay tuned. Thank you. It's good to be back in a moment like this one. I am honored, and it is my joy to come to you from places like this, and in ways like this, to talk about what's happening with me and you know what is happening with my work, and hopefully offer something that could support what is happening with you in your life right now as you're listening to this podcast. You'll hear me talk a whole 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 lot. <laughs> about self-awareness and about self-love. So a little bit how, about how those go together is, or rather I want to use the illustration of just my life in these last few weeks to bring to you an example of what it looks like to put that unconditional, gentle self-awareness together with unconditional and unapologetic self-love. So years, 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 years ago, I began to adopt the practice of mindful breathing. So in my life, when I began practicing yoga, I was a single woman, I was in college, I was unmarried, I had no children, I was very much by myself navigating, learning to (laughs) adults, which was its own set of adventures, right? And so coming back to or deepening into the practice of yoga, mindfulness, mindful breathing, one of the first things I learned was mindful breathing, but I was coming back to the practice after having become a mom, having become a wife, In fact, I was a mother to four children at the time that I began to deepen into the practice of mindfulness in this way. And so it didn't look like it looked when it was just me, right? I had to figure out a way to bring this idea of stillness and nurturing and presence to my life, my very big and noisy life at the time, right? Like I had a lot of children running around. I had um, one-year-old twins had children that were just a little bit older they were all at the time under five years of age five and under and my life looked a whole lot different and i was really really stressed life was really loud and there was a lot going on there was a sense of calm with me, but I wanted to amplify that sense and I wanted to recover myself. I felt like I was sort of getting lost in all the things that were in my path at that time and on my plate. And so one of the first things that I learned to do was to breathe mindfully. And the way that this came about was because I could not find my breath, (laughs) right? So I would notice, you know, there were all these things that were happening and perhaps the more you get to know me, the more you listen to this podcast that perhaps you come even closer, even more closely into the realm of my work and join my communities, you'll learn about me that I went through this very dark night of the soul where I was losing the matriarchs of my family, very close figures, one of which was there sort of like a mother who helped to raise me. She, you know, my earliest memories included her. Being there to literally feed me and and take care of me and clothe me while my parents were very active in ministry, so we came to a point in my life where I was losing these people—my grandmothers, my paternal and my maternal grandmother—and I also had a surprise pregnancy happening, which you know rendered me on bed rest for a very long time because not only was I surprised to be carrying anyone at all, you know, having, being pregnant at all, but I was, I was surprised to be carrying twins and my body wasn't ready. Rather, my body responded with the need for a lot of care. You see how I rephrase that? <laughs> so in many ways, parts of me were unavailable to the experience and it wasn't all, consuming it called for everything every part of me kind of experience to carry those babies my dear sweet sunrises now and to witness the transitioning from this life of my grandmothers and so during the time that the you know the newborns were here and i had just lost only months before each one of my grandmothers in the family home they all passed away each one of them passed away surrounded by family months between each other it was crazy and all the while i am carrying and all of my energy is is being called forward to to grow and welcome in as was my choice these these two beings that you know were coming in as other two cherished beings were transitioning out and it was just so much it was so much And what I didn't notice at the time was that I was holding my breath a lot. So I was breathing very shallowly. Like I know that now, but what it looked like at the time was I would come to myself in a moment of gasping for air, right? So I would be doing life, moving through things, and all of a sudden notice my body going, (gasps) and then I would be like, what What was that? It just would feel random to me because I wasn't fully present to myself but there was enough signaling from my body and the body is so wise so so wise it, it works so hard to help keep us alive in all the ways so many ways this looks and uh, you know you'll find this to be true but for me in that particular season where I was deepening again into my practice which I had deepened into before but I was deepening, it, deepening into it again in a different way in a different season with a different kind of stressors and pressures and my body was signaling to me the need for breath. And so at first I just noticed, you know, this random gasping for air and then I would notice these headaches, these tension headaches that were showing up and, you know, they would kind of hang out around the base of the nape of my neck on one side or behind my eye. And, you know, just to to put you in the scene a little bit, i was breastfeeding twin babies and i had children that were only just a little bit older than the the twins were and i was in a house where people were grieving we had moved in with my parents so that they could support us and help us you know the village was coming around to support because again remember i had been bedridden for months and so there was just a lot going on There's a lot happening in the atmosphere, and I was not up in the night. I would kind of get a nap during the day, and then I would breastfeed twins. You know, I would nurse them through the night. And my husband would help where he could, but I was nursing, and so... There was some pumping that could happen, but a lot of it was co-sleeping with twin babies and changing diapers and comforting. And when they got older, they wanted to play. And so older, meaning just a few months old, they would be, you know, playing and cooing through the night. <laughs> and my father used to always say, God made those babies cute, so you would tend to them. And so, yeah, it was deep in, in a way that there's some depth to that, right? The way that the animal kingdom, the mammal kingdom, mammalian kingdom, mammal kingdom operates, So back to my point of deepening into mindfulness. Yes, I noticed myself gasping for air, noticed myself holding tension in my body. I didn't know what to do with it at first, right? I didn't understand, okay, this is happening. What is this about? That was my first sort of reaction. And then as months went on, I came across a podcast. It was called On Being. And there was a woman by the name of Mirabai there teaching she had been welcomed in to talk about her work in the realm of mindfulness, and one of the exercises that she walked the listeners through was mindful breathing. It was so simple and quick it took about five minutes, but it absolutely changed everything for me in those moments so by then i had we had moved out of my parents' home, and I had one year old twins and I was learning to get my bearings away from the support of the village away from you know someone coming to grab a baby or two so that i could sleep or someone bringing me food to eat so that i could keep nursing keep my milk supply up i had transitioned away from that setting into you know this three bedroom apartment so that i could get my bearings with my four babies now in my new life as a mom to four. And this was all very new and by surprise to me. This wasn't, wasn't the plan. It wasn't the five-year plan. So there was a lot of adjusting to do. And at the time, my husband was working from sunup to sundown, late into sundown. And so I was home a lot during those little years by myself, doing a lot of it alone. And so there was a lot of pressure. And so this breathing helped to call me to myself. It helped to bring me home to myself in a way that was powerful enough. I didn't have the words for it yet, but I knew I wanted that to keep going. I knew I wanted to sense what I was able to touch into in those few moments. I wanted to feel that even more. So that was my reintroduction into, at the time, what it could look like to have a sense of stillness, a sense of connected connectedness to myself in the midst of a a really big life big and busy life so maybe i couldn't go and isolate for days and days like i used to when i didn't have any children or when i was unmarried and my life was just me like I i was the majority of my life caring for me being responsible for myself now i was responsible for all these people and you know there were All of the fingernails to clip and ears to keep clean and little bottoms to keep clean and bathe and, you know, heads to wash and shampoo and style and food to prepare and menus and, you know, bathrooms and floors and sinks and dishes and everything was just amplified. And it was it was a lot. And so being able to find and reconnect to a sense of me in the course of all of that movement in the course of all of the all of the times I remember I used to have a clicker <laughs> or rather wanted to keep track of how many times someone said mama in the course of a day. How many times the attention my attention was called away to someone else's needs. And so it was a lot. It was a lot in that season, right? which is why I have a special place in my heart for people who are in nurturing roles, you know, whether they are with children or you know children that they've birthed or children that they're caring for by way of fostering or by way of adoption or by way of being a teacher or by way of being you an know, administrator, whatever the case. Or they are aging loved ones or people that just need your help. If that is the work that you're doing, if you are holding space to help nurture the lives of other people, I know I've been in this work for about 14 years in the in the realm of mothering and I've supported and walked alongside so many people who are nurturing not just children and lives but nurturing spaces you know helping to grow and maintain spaces where other things can be nurtured or maybe you're nurturing a conversation how do you come to all of this mindfully mindfully so in a way that means that you're present to what is happening in the life of that moment and you're also present to yourself so that is where it sort of resumed for me in a a larger sense when it comes to life practice and the way that i was moving through my life and wanted to move through my life i sort of reconnected with it in the context of this happy chaos of raising very young children four of them at the time and also raising and reconnecting with myself in that space so fast forward here to fourteen years later, whole lot of living later, whole lot of whole lot of living later, right? A whole lot of transitioning and upheaval and loss and growth and expansion in every realm you can think of. Be it my, my physical body, my mind, my emotions, my relationships, all of them, my marriage, my children, my relationship with my parents, relationship with friends, losing friends, gaining friends, transitioning through relationships with longstanding friends, work, all the different things that can happen in the course of one's life. Fast forward to today, in this moment where I'm connecting, reconnecting with you after refreshing the practices that I developed over the course of those 14 years. And one thing I love about teaching Inside Empowered People Deliberate Love School, the the five-piece framework, is that it's repeatable. It's a rinse and repeat kind of thing because life is dynamic. So are we. The only thing that's constant in it is change, is evolution. So there will be times when the practices, uh, you fall off of them or they change or you just, your attention is on something else, it's called to something else. And so the way that we approach all of life as a meditation is to gently, lovingly bring ourselves back to what it is that we decided, what it is that's anchoring us. And it could be the guiding principle of self-love, unconditional self-love, self-awareness. It could be the breath, right? It could be whatever it is we set forth as being how we want to move and be in our life as a whole from like a zoomed up and out perspective. How do I want to live? How do I want to be this moment, this week, this month, this year in my life in general? We can very gently, lovingly bring ourselves back to our highest goal. And so for me, sometimes in seasons, that highest goal looks like a writing practice that I do in the morning at 5 a.m. And sometimes it looks like, nope, I need to sleep at 5 a.m. So I'm gonna be devoted to letting myself sleep in for these hours. So where does that writing practice fit in? Maybe it doesn't in the course of that season. And I need to find other ways to reconnect with myself, to have that active in the moment mindfulness as I am raising up these children to be free people and raising myself as a free person and undoing, unlearning and relearning and all of these things that are actively happening, how do I weave in the presence of attention to myself, readiness and willingness to be with myself all throughout so that it doesn't always look like necessarily the same practices over and over and over again, repeating perfectly each time. It may look like or it has translated into a curated medicine bag of practices that I can resort to and come to that I know resonate and work well for me that I can place in each season in the ways that fit best and are most appropriate for me in that season. So in a moment here, just to to encourage you that if you find that you have a set as an expectation that you want to keep a meditation at 9 a.m. every single day and, and that alert comes and goes and comes and goes where you come into the formal practice and you feel like a failure because you can't do it, bring loving, gentle awareness to yourself. And then nurturing, which is the next part of it, right? We have the self-awareness part where we see ourselves doing these things that, oh, this wasn't really what I wanted or, oh, this isn't really what I like or what I want at this time or I don't agree with this, I don't approve of this. That's happened with yourself, right? Gentle, loving self-awareness is coming to you as one would come to someone that they're caring for, a good friend perhaps for you. Or if you're a mother, how would you come to your child in a space like that? So, being able to come to yourself when you see yourself in a space or in a state or in a way, you see that happening, and that's the awareness part of it. And then the unconditional, unapologetic, self-love part of it, the nurturing part of it is coming to that that thing that you notice with that loving energy, with that nurturing energy, fully seeing, fully loving, and supporting, gently redirecting in ways that enable you to actually Have room to grow if you need to or to make that change if you want to. So you're seeing it and you're accepting it, but not in a way that necessarily means you agree or that it's okay or that you're going to just keep it like that. It just means, yes, this is the life of this moment. And then just giving that gentle space, that nurturing space for yes, for whatever shows up. For it, you know, if it's finding you still in bed at 9 a.m., if it's finding you in the midst of chaos, all the children or all the relatives or all of the associates are just losing it around you. It just feels like utter chaos. The phone is ringing, the emails are chirping and it just feels like there's so much stimulation, so much stimuli there. You can respond with, yes, this is the life of this moment. This makes room for it. This helps to bring a suppleness into the body, into the mind. You might notice a softening when you come to yourself with that yes. And then you can make a shift because now you have, more energy, more room available to you more movement available because you've simply brought in more of a yes instead of a no. So the yes could be an actual yes. It could be movement in the body. It could be an actual spoken yes, yes, yes to this. Yes, this is the life of this moment. It could be an inward imaginative bowing to the yes, right? Or it could be just a movement in the body, in the spine where you are doing this Not whatever is non-habitual, right? So if you're used to, for instance, walking in a straight line, walk in a circle (laughs) if you're used to walking in a circle break that circle with a straight line. I was recently at a writing conference with a couple of my children this past weekend and it was beautiful, beautiful conference. But one thing that I remember taking away, there was a, a writing teacher that talked about entering into the room. Once you coming into, you know, she would invite her students to come into the classroom and enter with the right foot. You know, if that part of the body was available to them, they would enter with their right foot and step into the classroom with their right foot, which again would break the habit of doing whatever they were doing Before they came to the door, the threshold of that classroom, and they would step into it with their right foot, which invites the body, which brings the body online and helps to shift your awareness and bring you to an invitation or a moment or an opportunity to come with more attention to what you're about to do. It can mark whatever the next thing is. And so it gives you a chance to decide. And we can put these kinds of things all throughout our life so that we don't necessarily Always, especially if it's not practical to come into the formal practice, for instance, of sitting in Lotus on a beautiful pillow by a window with incense and candles, which I love doing in my life. If I can't always get to that practice in the ways that I want to, how do I bring mindfulness into my everyday moment to moment life? We find all these ways. We move the body in simple ways. We notice the breath. We pause. We stop to do that. In the going, in the doing, right? You get to the driver's seat of your vehicle as you're running around doing all the things, all the errands, or trying to deliver the child to the next thing or meet the elder relative at an appointment to do whatever the thing is. You pause for just a few moments in that driver's seat, or you pause in that hospital lobby, or you pause. In that living room or in the middle of that kitchen you just hold still for just a few moments and when i say moments i literally mean the span of a breath or two which can help to bring your attention to where you are to what's happening in your body you can begin to notice what feelings are with you not so that you change them but so that you can bring gentle loving awareness to the life of the moment and you in the midst of that life how are you and not shaming whatever comes up. If you are annoyed, if you are feeling needy or if you are feeling sad or if you are feeling angry or happy or joyful or elated or grateful, bringing gentle, loving awareness to whatever is happening in that moment. And then again, bringing the nurturing part in so that you can decide once you notice, okay, how do I bring myself? How do I redirect my attention if need be? to how I want to be moving in my life and how I want to move into the next moment and the things that can help support us being supple or expand that sense of suppleness, right? So that initial bit helps to bring some suppleness into it. And then we can bring on these additional practices like Moving the body for three to five minutes a day in a non-habitual way. Going outside, especially in the springtime with bare feet and walking in the grass if you're not allergic. Or laying in the grass, right? Or just having a moment where you are sitting and noticing what you are hearing around you. Noticing what smells are there. Even if the smells are unpleasant. So um, immediately it makes me laugh because I think back to you know the times when I was diapering twin babies and things didn't always smell great, right? Or the times when I was when I've been near I've been around uh I've been with people who are transitioning from this life and there've been sick beds and there've been hospital beds, and what does it smell like, right? Being able to have a kind of sensuality where it is an invitation to consider sensuality beyond the beauty of sexuality, right? Sensuality includes sex and sexuality, but it is also much more than that. It includes the fullness of our human experience where we can see and smell and hear and taste and touch and everything that we bring in in a sensory way is not always pleasant, not always pleasing to us, necessarily it's just the thing itself being pleasing, but it there can be some degree of having connectivity and presence to the life of the moment that can give us a sense of being fully here, being alive, a sense of aliveness, which in its own way can invite a sense of gratitude and pleasure. Not that we are in a taking pleasure in anyone's suffering necessarily—that's not what I mean to say. I hope you hear me saying that if I am nursing or if I am diapering or caring for a child, and there are the smells of like vomit or the smells of of a little baby's bowel movement, it's like pungent. Sure, and this is the life of this moment. This is the season that I'm in. I am mothering. I am parenting. Or if I am by a bedside where someone is transitioning from this life. I am here, and this is the fullness of the life. This is the totality of life in the moment. These are the parts. Life is not just that beauty. In fact, Mirabai, Mirabai Starr, in her book, uh, Wild Woman Mystics, I believe is the title of the book, and I could be, you might be, I might be misquoting it, but the quote is, beauty is not limited to that which is comely that which is pleasing, I think is the quote. Beauty is not limited to that which is pleasing. So if we're looking at the fullness of life and we're bringing presence to each moment, we're able to hold a sense of grounded presence to whatever is with us. And being able to be with what is, even if it is uncomfortable, even if it is undesirable, even if we do not agree, being able to be present to it, being able to hold steadiness in it, means that there is this stream of yes as Tara Brock calls it, that we are bringing to the moment, which enables us to be in our lives and to love our lives fully, even if we don't like what we see, right? This is the way that we come to our children, the way that we come to our spouses, the way that we come to our neighbors. So again, in all these scenarios, there can be boundaries, which mean we are releasing those things with love for now. It doesn't mean that the love stops. And if there is active nurturing taking place, then we know that we do that in ways that do not harm ourselves, right? That do not cut away past the quick of the source of energy that keeps us supple and alive. Okay, so how can you bring this into your life today? I invite you to become curious about the things that, Bring you joy. Become curious about the things that enable you to reconnect with a sense of who you are at your core. For example, for me, I've been doing a lot of dancing in the last few weeks. I've been coming back to the practice of since spring has sprung, give thanks in in my area, in my locale. There are more opportunities for things like salsa and bachata and kizomba, and there is a a West African dance group, and then there is walking in the trails with friends, and there's walking in the sidewalks with friends, and I am learning, building muscle around being able to be out and about in the world, especially exercising outside, even when it's not fair weather, and I have welcomed the opportunity with spring, with the budding of the flowers, To resume these things that bring me so much joy and help me to feel a sense of suppleness in my body. And maybe it's not dancing for you, maybe it's writing, maybe it's reading your favorite book or listening to your favorite book, right? Adapting to the life of this moment so that you can cut away at the overgrowth and come back to those things that enable you to feel a sense of suppleness. Maybe it is playing in your closet with clothes or playing with makeup or playing with clay or sculpting with clay or painting, whatever it is, making time, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, where you are just spending time being with that thing, even if you can't do it for three hours, luxuriate in it for long periods of time, what could it look like for you to find pockets? of care, pockets of nurturing for your soul throughout the course, weaving that throughout the course of your day and your week and your month and being committed to doing so, so that it's not an all or nothing kind of thing, and it's not a, you know, I didn't do it, so I'm not getting it done kind of thing. Can you come to it for just a few minutes so that you can experience some of it until you begin to feel that opening, that lifting, that expansion in the body that is joy, that is opening, that is suppleness coming into the physical body, space happening in the mind, where you are able to just put to the side for just a little bit all of the to-do lists and all of the pressures, and you're able to remember who you are. You're able to think thoughts that don't have anything to do with things to do. What does it look like for you to have that today? Here's my challenge for you. And as always, welcome, welcome, welcome in. If you have interest in talking with me about what it looks like for you, To be a part of Empowered People Deliberate Love School, where we are supporting and helping to create mindful, intentional, loving and well-loved family leaders, especially click the link in the show notes for a phone call. Perhaps you have interest or to find the link in my bio and learn more about the work that I'm doing. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, for staying here with me, Uh, even in the pauses. Thank you for sending that yes energy my way. I hope and trust that this episode has been supportive to you. Take very good care until I see you again. Be unapologetic and unconditional and loving you and putting all the pauses there that are needful to keep supple. Take good care. Thanks for joining us this week on Empowered People Each Day, the podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Yolanda, Y O L O N D A, underscore J, and at www.yolanda, again, Y O L O N D A, Jones, J O N E S, as in Sam, creative.com. That's Yolanda Jones Creative.com. For more info on Empowered People Each Day, the podcast, Empowered People, the collective, and Empowered People, Deliberate Love School. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. See you in two weeks.